Okay, for our first message, we have the privilege of being able to hear from Mr. David Hope, and his title is God's Unbelievable Mercy. Thank you, Mr. Whit. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad everybody made it over here safely. We know some of you had a long ways to drive, and we appreciate seeing your faces show up here. Boy, are we fortunate right now compared to what they're having back east. You know, we had a, we just got out of the deep freeze here, and now they're still getting it. I understand one more day back east, and, you know, without power and the cold, you know, I just really, our hearts really go out to those people. I heard my wife telling some of the people back in the back morning for services that about our car coasting out of the driveway. It's slightly on a hump. We've been in that house in March and make 51 years and never happened before, ever. But uh, last night I, asked, I looked out and I saw the car and it looked like it was about halfway in the street and I asked my wife if she parked it up there. Yeah, well, I went out there and it slid back on the ice. So I moved back up and every once in a while I'd wake up during the night and I'd look out the window and see and I thought, well, the back wheel's down to the sidewalk now. So I had to get up again and go out and move it up. Anyway, <laughs> things could be worse. We've had a lot of messages lately about the uh, uh, attributes of God, different things that he has and had. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a lot of you probably have heard a uh, message that Matthew Steele gave on God is love. Uh, very, very in-depth, very, very thorough, very good. Really has some things there to make you think. And we've talked about different things over the years. Uh, not long ago, law and grace, you know, along those lines. And, but today, I want to discuss mercy which involves really, and you look at it, it involves really love and grace and a number of other things too. But uh, I'm going to give what the uh, in dictionary on my computer said, in Carter World English Dictionary, says compassion, pity, clemency, kindness, all these are New Testament scriptures, too. I mean, two New Testament things, too. Sympathy, humility, I'm sorry, humanity, understanding, generosity, lenience, benevolence, forbearance, you know, long service, service, anyway, grace, and of course, the absence, yeah, Opposite of that be cruelty, and all the words that go with it. Here's a few other uh, expressions that a person may use and say, they'll say blessings. You know, I've had a lot of blessings that come from God's grace. Uh, relief, kindness, stroke of luck. You know, some people will say that, you know, instead of being immersive. Peace of luck, a godsend. Anyway, a lot of things you can. Uh, describe that with. And I want to start off in my Bible and going back close to the first of the Bible, we're going back to the book of Genesis and uh, show a little bit of God's mercy. And, and the word mercy shows, comes up in the Bible 272 times, if I'm not wrong. 
and a whole lot of them in Psalms. But anyway, mercy is, is very prominent. Back to Exodus 19, verse 13 through 32. And we're breaking into a point where we find Moses negotiating with Pharaoh about letting his people go. And by this particular time, they've already had a number of plagues that come upon Egypt, and I'll just mention a few of them here. Uh, one where, if I get my glasses adjusted right, plagues where they were turning water into blood, had frogs, remember the story about the frogs? Yeah, I'd hate to go to bed with frogs in my bed or stepping on them when I go somewhere in the house. Uh, lice, flies, boils, you know, all these plagues that came upon them. And I can imagine on the flies, you know, here in Oklahoma we have several different kinds of flies. I guess they do in other places too, but sometimes you get these big old blow flies, you got regular old kitchen uh, fruit flies, all kinds of flies. We went camping one time several years ago with some friends of ours down at Arbuckle Lake down in Sulphur, Oklahoma. We had to sit down and camp and come home. The flies were so bad. And I'm sure it wasn't nearly as bad as it was in, in Egypt, but I did think of that at the time. Anyway, I'll start reading here. Exodus 9, 9 verse 13. And this will get into God showing some mercy, but anyway. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon the heart and upon your servants and upon your people that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Verse 15. Now I will stretch out now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite you and your people with pestilence and you shall be cut off from the earth. And in every deed and in every oh very in very deed for this cause I have raised you up to show you in you my power and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. As yet Exalt you yourself against my people. You know, you're, you're just really stubborn. That you will not let them go. And here's where we're coming into a part of God's mercy. He's given a warning. Verse 18. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail such as has not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof even until now. Send therefore now and gather your cattle, you know, if you want to be good, if you want to have them saved, all that you have in the field, for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. How many of you have been into a hailstorm you thought was really, really rough? I know I think... Uh, Curtis's sister, Latona, I think she was in one that even broke the windows out of the car. Was that right? I don't know. Somebody in the church that, that broke the windows out. We were in a one coming back from Texas one time with my uh, 
youngest daughter, we were driving her car, and I was trying to beat what looked like a tornado coming on the flatlands in southern Oklahoma. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't going fast enough. And it, I mean, it, 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 it's frightening. And it, it couldn't have been as bad as what, what uh, Egypt had. Anyway, until now. Verse 19. Send therefore now and gather your cattle and all that is in the field upon every man and every beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home. The hail, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. I read that, didn't I? He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into their houses. So some of the people did do that. They took their cattle in and they made sure they stayed out and they believed them. But Pharaoh and a number of others didn't believe it. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch forth your hand toward heaven and that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man, upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail. And we had thunder the other day with, with the uh, uh, hail, no hail, sleet. Sounded like rain, but uh, uh, the ground covered in this part of the country, it looked like snow on the ground, but it was absolutely hail. It was slippery. And uh, anyway, my car drove out of the driveway on its own. Uh, sent thunder and hail, and fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was not like it in all the land of Egypt since there was a nation. So they're reiterating it's, it's never been that bad before this. Verse 25, And the hail smote throughout the land of Egypt all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. So it was pretty, pretty gross. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. So God began to make a distinction in some of these plagues after that. I mean, well, slightly before that, but... Verse 27, And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous and I and my people are wicked. So sound like Pharaoh got the message, you know, he's going to let them go. Sound like it anyway. Entreat the Lord for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And Moses said unto him, Yeah, don't fool me, I know, you're, you're, you're just, anyway. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease, neither shall there be any more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, you know, you didn't fool me. I know that you will not let yet let the Lord or let the people go. And the flack and the barley was smitten 
where the barley was in the ear, it was you know just about ready to harvest, and the flack was uh, bold. But the wheat and the rye were not smitten, for they were not grown up. And I don't know why I didn't really notice it so much in the years past. I've read it many a time, like you have, and we knew that there were two two basic basic harvests. You know, the barley and uh, the first one, and the wheat comes on a little later than that, and that's what happened here. And and shows that uh, in Oklahoma, you know, well, the, the wheat probably was already in the field. It just wasn't very big. And uh, wheat, if it's not very big, it can stand a lot. In fact, in Oklahoma, a lot of, a lot of farmers will plant their wheat in early or late fall or in the fall and let their cattle graze on it during the wintertime. My dad used to do that. Uh, he had some horses and, of course, they had a lot of uh, deer on their property too, and uh, but then after a certain period of time, the wheat needs time to mature, and they take the animals off of the wheat. And that's just an aside, not in the Bible there, but anyway. But the wheat, wheat and the rye were not smitten to the point that it hurt it. So anyway, God gave uh, gave. Israel uh, gave Egypt and, and Pharaoh and all of them warning that they would uh, be safe. He, he had his mercy. And here's another example. The same thing, David is uh, paraphrasing a lot of this. I'm going to break into it. He was talking just right after they had the, uh, anyway, I'll break into it. Psalms 105, verse 26 through 39. He sent Moses his servant, David paraphrasing, like I said. He sent, his, sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed great, they, they showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark and they rebelled not against his word. He turned the waters into blood. That was one of the deals I mentioned a while ago, but didn't go into it, into blood and, and slew their fish. Remember, the fish all died. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of the king, oh, in the chamber of the kings. So even the king's place had, had frogs in it. He spoke, and there came diverse sorts of flies and lice and all the coast. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in the land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees and broke the trees of their coast. He spoke and the locusts came and the caterpillars and that without number and did eat up all the herbs of the land and devoured the fruit of the ground. He smote also the firstborn in the land, the chief of all of their strength. He brought them, verse 37, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes, and even uh, mentions of the places too, even the shoes didn't wear out, their clothing didn't wear out. God was very merciful. I don't know if that was merciful or not. They, they didn't wash them very often. They might, might stink. My wife tells me every once, well, you better change clothes. But anyway, but... Uh, and their shoes wore out. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. 
here's really, I, I could have gotten, skipped all that and got right to this one particular verse here, right at the end of the continuity there, when uh, uh, the children of Israel were still in uh, uh, Egypt. You know, they were in there for 40 years. And in verse 39, he spread a cloud. And there for a long time, I thought it was just a cloud over the sanctuary, over the temple and all that, but apparently uh, it was over the whole tribe of Israel. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. You know, sometimes uh, I, we don't necessarily realize the importance of certain things until you've experienced it. And I made a comment uh, in a message a few years ago, I don't know if I mentioned it here or not, I, I remember uh, speaking in Oklahoma City down there and I mentioned a particular situation that made me really realize the mercy of God when he had them in the wilderness, when he had that cloud over them. And first time my wife and I took our motorcycle across the Mojave Desert out in California, which is very, very hot near Death Valley and parts of it is Death Valley, we realized the importance of a shadow then. You go out there with June and July in the open air and your body dehydrates anyway. And uh, anyway, on the way home, it was two weeks later and later in the summer and it's really hot. In California, the uh, uh, if you're towing a vehicle, to, I mean towing a trailer or something, whether a car, truck, whatever, the speed limit's only 55 miles per hour. And so all the big 18-wheelers were, <coughs> excuse me, were driving in the right-hand lane. It's against the law to drive in the other. But we drive our motorcycle and, and a certain time of day, you know, afternoon when we'd be driving south, southeast, sun would be kind of off to the side, and we would ride in the shade of those 18-wheelers until cars would be coming up from behind us, you know, doing 70 or so, and we'd see them in the mirrors, and, or they'd honk or something. We'd speed up, get in front of the truck until all that line of cars got by. Then we'd speed up again on the motorcycle and, and catch up with another 18-wheeler and ride in his shadow. Uh, you know, it made me realize, made my wife realize, God was really merciful to the children of Israel. It could have really been bad. And I was looking, this time I was looking in some of the commentaries, and some of them even seemed to think that the cloud that was above them was very high in humidity, you know, kind of like our water coolers here, you know, we used to call them swamp coolers in Oklahoma back before they had too much uh, refrigerated air conditioning. The swamp coolers work really better in the dry country, New Mexico, Arizona, and out in there. They don't work as well here, but uh, anyway, but a lot of the uh, commentaries think that that was, that was really a, a lot of humidity in that cloud. And I did tell somebody, uh, tell one time about the light, you know, how merciful God is with giving light at night. You know, you wouldn't even think about it if you ever go camping without a, a lantern or a flashlight or something. Uh, one time, and this is probably a couple, three years ago, 
we were at our daughter's house, and, and they lived way out in the country. They took a bulldozer and made a road out there, you know, and they're, they're at the end of the road. They're off the grid. They have their own generators and, and battery system and all that. And one night, the power went off. And when you start getting older, you know, you end up having to make a lot of trips to the bathroom at night. You know, a lot of these older people can identify with that. And uh, I got up to go and, and got a little disoriented. Ran around the corner, went in there, and I stumped my toe. And I've told some of these, but some people may not have heard it. And, you know, I stumped my toe because I couldn't see. It's dark, you know. It's not like here we've got street lights on every corner and people's porch lights being on. So I reached down and tried to find out where am I? What do I have to do? You know, do I recognize anything? And I stuck my hand in the open stool. So anyway, so I, that, that made me think too. Well, it would be nice if we had a ball of fire out there, a street light or something. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll move on to Exodus 15, verse 13. You and your mercy have have led forth the people which you you have redeemed. You have guided them in the strength unto your holy habitation. You want to ask a question? I think probably you don't necessarily have to raise your hand. But has God's mercy helped any of you from despair? Has God's mercy helped you in time of desperation? Has God's mercy given you blessings and things that you really didn't think you, things that you didn't need? We all do. We all do. God is a personal God. You know, and you listen to most of the Protestants when they're trying to get you to go down the aisle, you know, uh, make, make Jesus, make God your personal God. And we, and he is our personal God, even though he deals a lot of times, or used to deal a lot with nations, and, in, and to a certain point now does, but God is a personal God. And so many scriptures in Old Testament, New Testament, both shows the mercy that God has. Psalms 4, verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. So many times David gave God the credit for his mercy. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Psalm 6, verse 2. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. Have you been that way? <coughs> Excuse me. I think most of it, a lot of us have been that way, been weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. And I can identify with that quite a bit, and I think some of you can too, but uh, last couple of years, and I don't mean to you know, play a violin or anything, but uh, it's been, been long two years. Uh, fortunately, we're still alive, we're here, and we're improving, but uh, we, in February, two years ago, in that ice storm, I fell in my driveway and, and broke my shoulder, and three weeks later, my wife fell taking the trash out and broke her other shoulder and uh, you know and then not very long after that I had two knee replacements you know one at a time and uh, you know it makes it hard and you 
people who have had those things realize that you know you don't recuperate, especially when you get older, you don't recuperate that well. And uh, then a couple of months later, had back surgery. Anyway, but uh, I put a lot of things off simply because I just I, I needed to work on my van, but I couldn't get in there. My shoulders would hurt in there. If I get on my knees, I couldn't do it. And uh, but something really that happened this this past summer that really really made me thank God for His mercy. You know, and I made mention I've been in my house for 51 years. I'm on my third or fourth hot water heater. I don't know which it is, but uh, probably the third. And the hot water heater went out. I think it was on a Friday, Thursday or Friday. And uh, I don't like cold showers. And I bought a big uh, hot water heater and had it in the back of a pickup. And, and I didn't know how, you know, my body, the condition it's in, you know, I just really thought this is going to be a hard job. I don't know if I can do it because uh, the new codes are, even with my last heater, you have to have a platform about 18 inches high for your hot water heater to mount on, keep the fumes and stuff from gasoline stuff, you know, minimize your problem. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I, uh, you know, my body and... Uh, Anyway, I had the thing pulled up in the yard and had my dolly out there, and it was still in the box. And I thought, I don't know what to do, God. <laughs> and neighbor across the street, they're Hispanic. There's several of them live in the same house, and they're very, very good neighbors. These Hispanic people are just, I love them to death. And Fran said, won't you ask them to help? No, 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 they've got to go to work. And they hollered at me and said, hey, you need some help? And I said, nah. And then they hollered again, do you need help? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, his son was already in another vehicle fixing to go to work, and he hauled him back. They came back, they cut that hot water heater out of the box. Loaded, they didn't even put it in the dolly. They carried that thing all the way around the driveway, around the side of the garage, and tried to wiggle in with all the junk I had in there, and put that thing up on that platform. You talk about mercy. You talk about kindness. I didn't think I deserved that because I don't—I haven't been a bad neighbor. But, but then he, when he, they had it in or not, and they let me hook it up. That, that was the easy part. The one, and, and he doesn't speak very good English. He's always hollers at me, "Hey, Davey," you know. And he said, and his son was standing there beside him, and he pinched me. He said, "You, anytime you need me, you knock, 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 knock on my door." He said, I'll be there. You don't need to do this stuff. He said that again, and Fran heard him. Then he just beat me on the chest there with his finger. Anytime you need help, you come over there and you knock on that door, and I'll help you. You know, that's God's mercy. You know, I appreciated that very much, very much. And, you know, I gave a message one time years ago about, you know, when Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may uh, glorify God. It's not that they glorify you and, and, and that, oh, you're just such a good Christian. I think I'll, you know, you do them a favor and they glorify God. They are appreciative of that. We did, had a, I don't know if I have enough time to digress that much. <laughs> we had a situation coming back when I'll go fast from the feast in Canada about 10 or 11 years ago. And, and uh, there was a, pulled in a rest stop, a young lady 
in there that had a piece on her front bumper that had fallen off and she couldn't get it back up, didn't know what to do. Well, I had a few tools with me in my car and, and I went ahead and fixed it. She actually thanked God. Thank you, God, for this man. He didn't say elderly man, but <laughs> you know, she praised God. She didn't know that I was religious or anything else. She was not ever going to go to church on the Sabbath, but she praised God, you know, for 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 that. You know, that is a good feeling. I know a lot of you have seen expressions on your face that you've experienced the same thing. And then again, not long ago, uh, a couple, three months ago, uh, I broke the door handle on my van. I had to take the door panel off, do all this, and try to get it on there, and I bought the part, and I couldn't get it back together. There, there's a trick. You've got to have a certain tool, I don't know, to get that, uh, that, that those rods to go in there. And I didn't know what to do. You'd have to roll the window down to, to, to open the door. And I took it to a body shop not far from me. And they did the thing, and, and, and they wouldn't charge me a penny for that. I almost cried. You know, I was, I was just, I was so thankful for God's mercy. You know, I didn't do anything for them. And I went down and the next day and, and bought a big box of donuts and took over to him and told him, when you take your break, make sure that young man gets a, his share. So, you know, God is merciful to, to all of us in one way or another. You know, we really are. And, and does he heal everything all the time? No, not all the time, because he knows what's good for us. He knows what we need. But God is merciful. I don't think I've read this one yet. What was the last one I had? Psalm 6. I thought, I thought I'm on track. I haven't forgotten. I'm not too seen on them. Anyway, uh, we'll go to Psalms 9, verse 13. I'm good. It won't take too much longer. Psalms 9, verse 13. And we've said this. Have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Now, I don't, I'm not saying we do that, but we have problems. We can say prayer, similar thing. You that lift me up from the gates of death. Psalms 13, verse 6, 5, I'm sorry, 13, verse 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalms 86, verse 15 through 17. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. This is some of the things that Matthew mentioned a couple of weeks ago in his message. And if you haven't heard that after online, if you haven't heard it yet, or you missed it here, uh, I think it would do well because it really goes into a lot of detail on, on God and love. It's, love is a very big subject, and so is mercy. I think mercy is made up of that. Verse uh, 16, O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength unto your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a token of your good. <laughs> he does do that. 
service of the Saturday of his good. That they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Psalms 106, verse 1. And, and like I said, the Old Testament and especially Psalms just replete with, with mercy of God in different ways. And the New Testament, too. And I don't have time. You can, they're, they're, that's a big, big subject. Praise you the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. David says that many, many times. One, a couple more scriptures and I'll be done. James 3, verse 17 and 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to entreat, and some of the things that was mentioned in the other message I was telling you about, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy, verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we get what we got. My final thoughts, Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another. We need this so much right now in the times that we live in and the times that are coming ahead of us. We need to be this. We need to practice this. And we'll start over on 32. And be you kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. The wonderful, wonderful mercy that, that God has shown to all of us.